This week's episode of Business Class takes us to the Catalonia region in northeastern Spain to the city of Barcelona. Our travel gurus Tim Maitland and Cameron Cooper hit us with all the travel tips you need to make the most of your time in the Catalan capital, including the best way to enjoy tapas and where to see some amazing architecture. It's all ahead in this week's episode of Business Class. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Business Class. I'm Tyler Kern. Tim I'm Tim Maitland. Hey, Tim. <laughs> hey. You just hopped in there. Yeah, I wanted to be able to say something cool, like a little morning catchphrase. You did great. Thank you. You did great. How are you? I'm doing great. Excellent. Happy to have you this morning. Always glad to be here. And Cameron Cooper is here as well. Hey, Cameron. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. You just got back from a trip. I did. I got back from Toronto late last night. All right. How was that? It was amazing. I can't wait to talk about it in a future episode. Ooh. <laughs> so you're just going to leave us hanging. No, no, de- no details at all. Just give us like a, a general thumbs up, thumbs down. Did you have a good time? Great time. Beautiful okay. city. Was this business or leisure? Leisure. Leisure. Got it. All right. Well, it was a good trip. Anything uh, any, anything notable you want to point out? Definitely go to Niagara Falls and do Made of the Mist if you have some time while you're in Toronto. All right. We'll talk more about it in a future episode yeah. where we talk about Toronto. But <laughs> for today, we are not talking about Toronto. We're talking about the lovely city of Barcelona in Spain. Guys, you have both been there. I've not actually been to Barcelona, so this is the first time where I'm kind of in the dark here about, uh, about where we're going. So you're gonna have, yeah, you're going to have to educate me on this one. And one of the things that is interesting about Barcelona is it's in a region of Spain called Catalonia, right? And yes. so it's it's not entirely um, thought of, or they don't maybe think of themselves as entirely Spanish. Cameron, y- explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good tip before you go to kind of recognize that and know that they they really don't, you know, they speak a different language. They don't just speak Spanish, they speak Catalan. So it's, I would, you know, advise you not to call them Spa- Spaniards or they're from Spain, they're from Catalonia, even though it technically is Spain. That's really interesting. And also, like, Catalan is its own kind of unique language Mm -hmm. uh, to that region as well. And one of the things that's interesting, first of all, I'm a soccer nerd, and so Barcelona is obviously one of the meccas of soccer in the world. But one of the things that uh, has been really interesting is there's a big rivalry between Madrid, which is the capital city uh, of Spain, and then Barcelona. It's obviously Catalan. And then, um, you know, the idea of Catalan independence has been raised quite a bit, which puts a bunch of the players in a weird spot. And it's really really been interesting hmm. to watch from a soccer lens I suppose how this uh, this political almost debate conversation has taken place kind of through the lens of soccer it's been kind of fascinating but there is a, a, I suppose a very interesting conversation to be had there about uh, Barcelona and Catalonia and that sort of thing and how it fits into the rest of Spain have you guys been to any other cities in Spain or just Barcelona no I've only been to Barcelona yeah, I've only been there, and uh, actually, my first little tip is when you're there, you have to call it Barcelona. I don't <laughs> Barcelona, know if they yeah. called you out on that, Cameron, but uh, <laughs> they are adamant uh, on Americans, you know, calling it the right way, which is Barcelona. Interesting. So you gotta get the the tongue between the teeth on that. It's very <laughs> unnatural for us. But I, I still call it Barcelona, but sure. wanted to throw that out there. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. My, my Spanish teacher in high school is actually from Spain, so she talked to oh, us like that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That makes a lot of sense. Now, one of the things that is unique about Barcelona, and this happens, you'll see it a little bit across Europe in, in different places, but I feel like it's most exaggerated in Spain specifically, is the fact that their schedule is just so much.
much different from ours, uh, from just like the American point of view. They start doing things way later. I have never seen anything like it. Um, when I was over there, I uh, just happened to randomly run into a good friend from high school, uh, just in the middle of the street. That's and weird. <laughs> um, yeah, we ended up grabbing dinner and catching up. And he was over there as an English teacher. And uh, that was one thing he really emphasized to me was the schedule. Um, he said it was actually pretty hard for him to get used to it because, you know, usually he would start his day around 10 o'clock in the morning and then they would take lunch around, you know, 12. Uh, it was always a two hour lunch. You'd go home and you'd eat and you'd sleep. Uh, and then you'd come back for about another two hours and then mm -hmm. you'd be done. So yeah. he said it was pretty hard because you would have this kind of 10 to four day, but uh, you're gone for two hours of it. And then from there you go home, you sleep, and then you grab a late dinner at, you know, nine or 10 o'clock at night. And then uh, you go out after and grab a drink and do it again. So it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of partying and a lot of sleep, actually. Did you have to, like, pace yourself almost just to make sure you could make it to dinner at 9 or 10? Because, like, that would be hard for me. Around 6 o'clock, I bet, guys. Yeah, no, it was it was interesting because, you know, you, you go, you, you spend the full day, and you're so used to eating around 7.30 or 8, and then it's kind of like, well, well, what do we do? Yeah. Um, so you would just go sleep because the city was so quiet. It's really, really quiet around 8 o'clock at night. So we would just go nap, and we'd go grab dinner around 10, 11, and then, uh, yeah, from there you just kind of go grab a drink, and then if you're going to do the, any of the partying scene, that doesn't even really get started till about 2.30 in the morning. Jeez. Cameron, how did you handle the schedule? What did you do to kind of uh, adjust, yeah. or so, did you? So, yeah, we actually um, were connected with a guy that, from one of our, someone that we work with, actually, Terry. Mm. Uh, he connected us with a guy there who was really like a Barcelona socialite, and he kind of like All told right. us everything to do and like took us out and everything. Um, in regards to food, we did not have an issue finding tapas and sangria at any time. Sure. So you know we did we did that, and then the nightlife is insane. They don't they don't stop until like six a.m. It's it's so crazy. Me we could not hang. Is this just on the weekends or just normal? Uh, we were so we were there on a weekend. I don't know. I, I partaked in a Tuesday night, and I couldn't <laughs> nice. believe it. It was crazier than Dallas on a Saturday. Yeah. It was insane. That's unbelievable. Just the, the, the idea of setting the schedule kind of back is, is fascinating to me, right? Like, we start our days, you know, what, 8 a.m.? Most people start work, 9 a.m., that sort of thing. They don't start until later, and then they finish earlier, yep. and then go out later. I, I don't know. It, it, it was just fascinating to me. I remember I was in Greece at, at one point and somebody said, uh, yeah, we'll go and we'll, we'll, we'll maybe go get a drink or something like that at like six in the afternoon. I was like, there's no, there is no six in the six afternoon. Six in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, and then like, yeah, and then I don't know. Like the, the whole thing is just kind of set back strangely in a way that you kind of just have to readjust your mindset while you're there. It, it's an interesting place for sure. Um, so you kind of touched on the, the idea of tapas. Let's talk about that because it's not, um, I don't know, it might not be necessarily what Americans think of as far as like a meal. So explain a little bit more about tapas and how you kind of go about ordering and the maybe best practices as far as eating in Spain. So, I mean, that was my first time in Spain. I believe, you know, we, th there are lots of different places to get good tapas. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you like research before and you figure out a good place that actually has a good variety of stuff. Cause we, wa we walked into some places where we're just like, yeah, we do not want any of this. Let's sure. just go. Um, one tip that I would give is that I actually haven't experienced this yet. And I, I found it actually researching prior to this podcast mm -hmm. that, when you order a drink, you're supposed to get as many tapas as you want for free. Right. And 
I did not know that. It's a it's a way for them to get tourists to make money. Sure. So I don't really know if it's true or not. So that's a tip that I would give that if you go to, to Barcelona and you try to order tapas, see if they'll let you get it for free if you get some sangria. Did you experience this, Tim? I did not experience. <laughs> um, I was literally the guy that got a every single top on the menu sure. um, because the dollar at that time, I don't know what it's like now. Imagine if you, it's even stronger, but the dollar translating over the time, we could order literally one of everything on the menu. So get like 40 tapas and mm-hmm. a bottle of wine and split it, you know, four ways, it'd be 40 bucks a person. So um, no, I definitely went overboard in the ordering. Didn't know that was free. <laughs> yeah, that's how they get, that's how they get the tourists. <laughs> so tapas, just in, in general, are small plates, right? Mm-hmm. Small kind of like shareable small shared appetizer plates, yeah. type things. Yeah. And you get a lot of them, kind of like what you did, Tim. And, and then kind of you try everything, you share everything. And yeah. it's kind of meant to be this like communal shared experience. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it's it's good to go with a group of people if you can, or maybe just one other person, some, something like that, because that's kind of how the meal is meant to be taken. Yes. I personally think four is best because usually they'll bring out, you know, four or five things. So okay. if you get like a certain sort of meatball, for example, there'll be four. If you get, you know, like Papa's Fritas, um, you know, there'll be kind of just enough for four to just have a couple bites. So four is a good number because you can split the cost up very well and then you can get a very, very large variety and your sample size isn't as big, but you're trying a lot more things. What is kind of the primary type of food there? Is there a lot of seafood or what's it, what's it like? Do you you guys kind of have a recollection of the the kind of things you were eating on a regular basis? The thing with tapas is it's very, very mixed. Okay. Uh, So there, there's really a lot. Um, Seafood, uh, really was, I would say, probably the top, like in regards to just amount of options around. But uh, that's kind of the fun thing about tapas is it's literally a, a little bit of everything. Um, you're going from meatballs to potatoes to beef to chicken to pork to, to fish. I mean, it, it's all, yeah, shrimp, you name it. Speaking my language, that sounds amazing. So, okay, what are some things around the city that people need to make sure that they see? What were some of your favorites? Uh, Cameron, we'll start with you. What, what, when you were kind of walking around and exploring Barcelona, really stood out that you really enjoyed? So probably the one place that I just really, really loved, and forgive me if I say this wrong, it's called La Pedrera Casa Mila. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really, really cool building, and you can go to the top, and there's just really awesome architecture there. So that would be one place I'd for sure go. Tim, did you go to that? Uh, I did not go to that, no. Okay. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend going yeah. there. And then also the big uh, basilica there, like La Sagrada Familia, that's probably one of the top two places I would recommend going in regards to being in the city. Really? Okay, yeah. so uh, when you go to uh, the top of the place you were talking, it's kind of like a lookout area where you get to have a really nice view of the city, take some good pictures and that sort of thing? Yeah, okay. and the architecture of the building that you're on, it's really, really cool. Okay. It's kind of like a wavy, so it's it's really awesome. Is Barcelona a city that you would say that people that are into architecture should uh, maybe check out or be interested in? Yeah, for sure. It's it's really, really beautiful. Interesting. Tim, uh, what, what kind of stood out to you? Were there any places that you enjoyed seeing or maybe just areas of the city that you enjoyed being in? Yeah, so I really enjoyed the, uh, I might pronounce this wrong, but the uh, Montjuic Castle, uh, Barcelona, uh, really neat uh, fort that's just in the hills of Barcelona. So uh, it's a good little hike. You could take a little gondola ride up as well. And then it's just beautiful. You overlook the entire city. Uh, You're right on the water there. And uh, you just kind of picture, you know, the Spanish Empire um, being able to defend this amazing city with this vantage point that they had. It was a really, really cool fort, good uh, war strategy. So if you really enjoy that aspect, I definitely recommend checking out the fort. 
What's the atmosphere and kind of the vibe that you get from locals? Are they excited to have tourists? Are they friendly in that way? Or is it a situation where uh, you kind of stick to yourself and kind of do your own thing and, and don't really bother talking to locals and that sort of thing? I found that it was more of don't really bother with locals. They weren't okay. rude by any instance, but you know, a lot of other countries I've been to, they really kind of welcome you with open arms mm-hmm. and they're very proud to tell you what to do. Um, here we had a couple language barriers and we tried our hardest to uh, you know, communicate with them in, in their language as best we could. But yeah, I didn't sense any sort of like pride in uh, you know us being tourists and them wanting to you know show us uh, a good time or the extra mile. I don't know. Cameron might have had something different with that tour guide that she had. Yeah, I mean, we were connected with a local the first night that we got there, mm-hmm. so I, that's probably a little bit of a different experience because we were kind of with them from the beginning. Yeah, which they were great. So everyone that we met were really fine and were really open armed. But I I don't know how it would have been if I wasn't connected with that person originally. Any tips for you, Cameron, as far as just kind of walking around the city or anything like that, areas that you would go, wouldn't go, or tips just as far as when and where to go to certain places? Yeah, I would say one of the cool spots to go to is the Gothic Quarter, mm. um, but I would say it's it's not safe at night. Okay. Um, I We specifically went to a late dinner out near that area, and the bartenders were, like, freaking out that we were out there alone because it was hmm. me and two other girls, yeah. and they were just like, please, like, be safe. And so that's just a, a tip about that. What about getting around the city? Um, did you Uber places? Do they have Uber? Uh, is there public transit? Or is this kind of a, one of those places where you walk most places? I, I walked most of the places. I mean, I th- I think the one place that I did uh, take a taxi was to Park Guell, which is a really, really beautiful park mm-hmm. that has a great view of the city. It's just a little farther out than the normal stuff. But what about you? Yeah, no, I walked. Um, we stayed on Los Rambles, which is kind of the, the main strip. Okay. Um, where a lot of nice hotels are, a um, little bit touristy, but uh, it, it runs just right up and down. It's very, very long. So you can go down, all the way down to the beach. You can go all the way up uh, to some different parts of town. So we walked that mainly. And then, yeah, as we wanted to hop around to some of the tourist locations, we would just hop in a cab. There were cabs all over the place. Would you recommend staying in Los Rambles? Definitely. It's mm-hmm. a good central location. Um, it's it's a little bit more uh, catered to the tourism industry, so it makes okay. life a little bit easier staying there. For sure. Cameron? Yeah. When I went, I mm-hmm. stayed at Los Ramos too, and it was just a really cool area. Just, you know, you don't want to spend too much time in Los Ramos because it's just basically just a lot of shopping. I mean, unless that's what you're there to do, <laughs> but um, it, it's a good place to actually stay. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, one of the interesting things about Spain is just that um, there, we've talked a lot about the schedule, but just even in a business sense, uh, th- there's almost a different mindset than what we have here in the United States. Tim, did you notice anything while you were there that just you as a business guy, um, that really kind of stood out to you or struck you as just, this is unique. This is not how we do things here in the United States. I mean, I got to go back to those hours. Um, just thinking about my day, there's not a chance that I could have that schedule and be able to run my day, you know, communication with the team, right. expectations of the team, uh, um, you know, being able to be prepared for, you know, whether it's client visits, um, you know, and talking with my friend there who was a teacher, he had some friends who are in the business community. And um, he said, obviously, if that's what you know, and that's what you're familiar with, it's okay. But he did say that, uh, you know, the Western culture really struggles going over there and, and conducting business because of the, you know, the lack of communication or, or I guess, lack of hours there in the office. 
Yeah, and Spain uh, had its troubles specifically kind of with the economy. I think uh, unemployment peaked at 26% in 2013. It was even worse for young people. Just I think one in three pre- uh, you know, millennial-type age people a few years back uh, were unemployed, and that's really dropped quite a bit now to uh, where their unemployment's 14% at the moment. And so that's a good sign, I would say, for the economy of Spain to kind of bounce back and might be a great time to go visit just if things are flourishing and things are going well. Absolutely. Uh, go back and kind of see uh, what things are like business-wise. Um, I know neither of you did this, but you can also – they have a bullet train that goes between Madrid and Barcelona that I'm really hmm. intrigued by, that if I were to go, I'd like to maybe try to do both or, or something like that just yes. to kind of see that, that transportation element and how that connects the cities and get like a really cool, I, I don't know, AB almost look at two very different cities in two different regions of Spain. That that would intrigue me if I were to ever get a chance to go. That's something I would definitely do. Um, we just didn't have time for Madrid. Um, mm-hmm. Would love to have done it. And knowing about that train, that would definitely be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Would you do something like that, Cameron? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Again, I didn't have enough time to go to mm-hmm. both either, but... If I did, I would do that. Absolutely. Now, what are your thoughts on just the general culture of Barcelona? Is that a place where you would go back? Absolutely. And, you know, you want to see more of it. Just give me the general vibe of how you felt about the the culture there. Yeah, no, I would would love to go back. Again, I had a really good experience with the locals Mm -hmm. there. They're all very friendly and it just was a really fun city. So I would definitely go back. I also didn't get to go to the beach while I was there. So I would love to go to the beach. Tim? I would definitely go back. Yeah. Um, another place uh, that's going to run my streak of places I wouldn't live. I, I would not <laughs> live there, but uh, would absolutely love to go back. Um, had a great time for the three nights that I was there. Sure, sure. Um, and culture-wise, like, what, what did you kind of make of just in, in general the culture that you got to experience in Barcelona? How did it compare to maybe to some of the other places that you visited? They take a lot of pride in, in who they are and their city and their history and, and their family. And, um, you know, obviously being from Texas, right, we take a lot of pride in sure. you know, our community as well. And I really appreciate that when, you know, you have a city or a country that, that does that. So something I noticed was definitely the, the country pride, whether it was the soccer teams or, or their food or their history. It was really refreshing to see. Did you guys have any trouble getting over there on your trips or anything like that? How did you, how did you uh, fly? Like what airlines and that sort of thing? Well, I was there um, from, I went to London first, so okay. I just flew from London to Barcelona okay. th- over Ryanair, which is super cheap. I think it was like $20 to go from <laughs> London to Barcelona. Awesome. So that's that's a good overall Europe trip is that once you get there, try to go to as many places as you can because it's so cheap to get between places over there. That's that's fantastic. That's yeah. a really good tip. Tim, did you have any trouble kind of traveling and getting there at all? No, I had the same the same journey. I went from London Heathrow um, straight in. Um, one thing I would recommend, though, is plan for that airport trip. It's yeah. not just right in the city to where you, you know, you're know you there when you land, you're, you're at your hotel in 15 minutes. It's a little bit of a trek. And mm-hmm. um, if you don't get going that next morning, um, you know, anything could happen. So plan when you're leaving, maybe get your, your kind of schedule going a little bit, you know, 30 minutes more than you think you need to just to play it safe because it is a little bit of a haul. That's a good tip. It's a good tip. Well, guys, that's Barcelona. I want some tapas now. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. A well, place called Cafe Madrid about 10 minutes from here. That, that might be our lunch. I'm thinking it is now. <laughs> Tim, thank you for joining me. Always glad to be here. Cameron, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me.
You're listening to MarketScale, the leader in B2B content creation. 